Here the old gods are dead. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, uh, this is a Creepy Wee Podcast. I'm Rebecca with Liam. Hi. How's your week been, Liam? My week has been so good. So um, I did the most unprofessional thing I've ever done in my life. I like fought with um, a lecturer over emails and she started it though. Anyway, in other news this week, new variant just dropped. <laughs> Happy Omicron. Um <laughs> No, the fact that it spread in Scotland at a stepped concert, the tweet that was like, um, how many cases were there again? Five, six, seven, eight. That actually, <laughs> no, like, being, no, that took me out. I'm not being funny, but like, gone to steps, getting a new variant of COVID, <laughs> like, maybe it's on your own at that point. <laughs> yeah, you, you deserved it. Um, Although it must be said five, six, seven, eight's a tune. A great um, day for journalism where journalists could finally get a pun headline in tragedy. <laughs> I heard that. Um, I also was um, something, obviously I didn't enjoy it because it interrupted so many people's lives, like Storm Arwen, but it just makes me laugh because Arwen is such like a... Lord of the Rings kind of name. I was going to say beta, but like, yeah. Um <laughs> It just made me laugh. So there's another storm coming the night, though, I hear. Honey, you got it. My manager will be hearing coming. about that in the morning when I don't want to go into work. <laughs> I actually shouldn't have said that. He might listen. <laughs> no, he won't. Let's be real. Um, the No, yeah, you should be like, um, sorry, the wind blew my car away. I can't come in today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Kia Picanto. It probably will get blown away. <laughs> Well, that was my excuse for leaving early when Storm Arwen hit. I was like, sorry, but my car will take off if I do get <laughs> No, like the scene in The Wizard of Oz where the witch is on their bike in the middle of the twister. That's your Me. Little, your wee car. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I've not done any research for this episode because, again, I've been busy um, uh, dealing with things that everyone else is dealing with also. Um, so I haven't been able to have time to do anything so becca's got a little surprise for me what are we talking about today doll so in our last episode i spoke about a murder that was committed by james ii of scotland 
and he murdered a member of this family that he's like really strongly tied to. They're called the Douglases, and like throughout his life, they like crop back up again and again. And his life has actually been like an inspiration for Game of Thrones in more than one way, I would say. So I thought, since we reference Game of Thrones so much, that I would actually day one of the inspirations for a story that's in Game of Thrones. Obviously, doing the line at some point will do the Glencoe Massacre, which is also an inspiration for Game of Thrones. But I thought this would be quite a fun thing today. Well, not fun, because it involves child murder, but... <laughs> Wait, I thought these were the same thing. No, they I are... I thought what you're talking about... It's, oh. it's two separate. It's two separate events. I will. I will get into it. But it's. it's I mean, it's not Dorian Liam Nielsen. I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to make like too much light yet, or try not to, because one part you'll can when I get to it is like pretty grim. But anyway. yeah, it's all fucked up. So, <laughs> so this is in four parts, four acts. So the first act is uh, his young life. So, the Stuart family and their court all breathed a big sexist sigh of relief when Queen Regent Joan <laughs> Beaufort, or Beaufort, Joan Beaufort, Beaufort. wifey James yeah. I, gave birth to twin boys on October 16th, 1430, securing the male succession of the crown following the birth of four daughters. The, I think this would make <laughs> James the first a Le- no, James II a Libra. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> not, an, not another one. Another one. On, I can't stand this, honestly. <laughs> um. But the, oh, okay. the elder twin, Alexander, died in infancy and then left his younger brother, to become heir to the throne. Naming the second son James continued his father's name, uh, a trend that the Stuart monarchs would continue right up until James VI. I thought I would get that in really early. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> James would be next. How long does it take us to reference James VI per well, episode? <laughs> it's a Game of Thrones episode too, so I thought I would just get that out of the way. James would be nicknamed the king with fire on his face, or simply a fiery face. Uh, because he had a huge <laughs> cherry blossom birthmark that covered uh, like basically half of his face. There is one really contemporary portrait of him, which is a really good likeness. Um, because I think it's like an artist from Denmark did it, so he was like really under like the influence yeah. of trying to make the king look a wee bit better than. Not that there's anything wrong with a cherry blossom birthmark, of course, but like any other <laughs> um, like art that's been done by. Uh, court artist that birthmark doesn't actually appear like if you google him yeah. it's not there um it's it's either um, been painted over or it's been like touched up a wee bit yeah i would like to say that cherry blossom birthmark is a really good indie band name so if anybody wants like, to we'll take have, that <laughs> it's already patented it's on we we have patented it here right now on this pod so please don't even try it um anyway continue so when James II was six, his father was assassinated in Perth in a plot that involved members of his own family. And this was on in February 1437. Uh, James's mum would be injured in this like assassination, but she would eventually escape and be re- reunited with her son in Edinburgh Castle or Holyrood Palace. It's not actually said, it just says that she escapes Edinburgh. The assassination was not actually a popular plot, but it had grown out of frustrations of the king's advisers, a majority of whom were his relatives, who had gotten like really tired of his resistance to their influences. And so they basically just decided that if they if they killed him, a uh, boy king would be much easier to influence and control. I mean, <laughs> good for them for <laughs> no just deposing the boy king. <laughs> like at least they let him live. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is again. Yeah, you're right. Very Game of Thrones, actually, already. This is where the Game of Thrones stuff kind of starts. 
yeah like all this like fam- family infighting and it was another branch of the Stuarts that wanted um james the first dead so the involvement of james's brother walter stewart and his son robert stewart shows that the murder was an intended was like intended to shift power from one side of the stewart family into the hands of another and that it did because walter stewart early athol was appointed to into the minority government uh, known as the king's council which would act on behalf of the crown until james became of age James was coronated in March, fully in his father's death, and Archibald Douglas, Duke of Terrain, and Fifth Earl E. Douglas. There's going to be a lot of really long names, by the way, in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is like going to like a private school function or something. You're like, what's your name? <laughs> um, Archibald Douglas Stewart. Oh, yeah, wow, where's my baby? <laughs> um, so Archibald Douglas, Duke of Terrain. Fifth Early Douglas was appointed Lieutenant General, which basically made him the young king's representative and headed the king's council. So essentially he was acting as king whilst James was a boy. Um, at this point in time, there's a lot of kind of jobs for the boys politics gone on. <laughs> Sound familiar? Um, <laughs> so the most, significant, yeah. <laughs> the most significant move at this point in time is that the uncle of Archibald, James Douglas, is appointed onto the King's Council as well. He's basically the admin, but he does have like a lot of influence later on. Yeah. The King's Council, heavily controlled by the Douglases, worked to repair relationships with powerful families who had been alienated by James I because he, a lot of people, like he had quite a like strong temper as well, but if anybody like kind of yeah. like defied him or annoyed him in any way, he would completely oust them for court. So the Douglases spent a lot of these like early years <laughs> trying to like get an image of stability back into the Scottish court and it did work but no in a way would it favoured the crown it favoured the king's council does that of make course. sense yeah the fifth early Douglas actually died of fever in 1439 so this is only like a like two years into James's like what is it called rain rain yeah All right, so so the fifth early <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that again that's so dumb <laughs> like I'm talking about more no give it, it give it give it <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy being the smart one for like five seconds. Nice. <laughs> right, fine, I'll keep it in. <laughs> so he <laughs> dies of fever and he leaves an heir, William, who's only 16. In fact, when he dies, it means that there's only three adult earls in Scotland at the time who are in power. So this power vacuum that this causes leads to like several outbreaks of like factional violence and tension that would shape the political map of Scotland. So this is like the Game of Thrones stuff. This is like when Robert Baratheon dies in Game of Thrones. Not this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So like this laid the foundation for the friction uh, between James II and the Black Douglas family that would explode over the next two decades. So Act 2, The Black Dinner. After Archibald's death, power was shared amongst William Crichton, First Lord Crichton and Lord Chancellor of Scotland, Sir Alexander Livingston of Callender, and James Douglas, Earl of Avondale, who's Archibald Douglas's uncle. Really hard to keep track of all this. I actually read a book yeah. in preparation for this and I had to keep going back to the references because I had no idea what the fuck I was reading. Um, I think yeah, this is I right. Trying to like, <laughs> I keep trying to like jump into this and I'm like, who? <laughs> I should have probably sent you a family Which tree. one's James? <laughs> I, um, I went, like literally, you can go onto these people's Wikipedias because I, be, I would be reading the book. Um, what is it called? I'll put it up on Instagram. It is a really good book. It was written by like a historian for St Andrews University, and it is really detailed. 
Um, but I would like be reading the like players in this game basically, and I would be like gone onto their Wikipedia's, mm. and they're all so influential in Scotland at this time that they've all every single one of them has their own Wikipedia entry, which isn't actually that common. Yeah, that's because like every other episode we recorded, it's been like you go to this person and then you try and find out where the other person is from, and it's like like a two sentence Wikipedia entry. Yeah, these people so this is nice. These people made moves. <laughs> and no one a very good way as well. <laughs> Get one day. Yeah. So Archibald's time as regent led to his side of the Douglas family growing ever more powerful and influential over the lowlands of Scotland. Uh, and they were seen as a threat to the stability of the nation. But it's more likely that they were actually a threat to the King's Council. So Mm-hmm. In 1440, Crichton, Livingston and James Douglas conspired to break the power that Archibald Douglas's family had on Scotland and invited the 16-year-old William Douglas, 6th Early Douglas, and his younger brother, who was 12, to Edinburgh Castle. So these are babies. Um, like, yeah, that's a child. Uh, it's, um, it's no yeah. very good. Like, what's going to happen? Like, why they're inviting these two boys to Edinburgh Castle. So, I don't want to according, according okay. to the legend, <laughs> the Douglas brothers were di- were invited to dine in the Great Banquet Hall. Sorry, nothing good ever comes with meeting James II in a dining hall. Yeah, no. <laughs> so they, I know that they're, much. They're having dinner with the 10-year-old James, and apparently he's really taken with them, uh, especially the older William Douglas. Apparently he was like a really noble and intelligent man, which is obviously really threatening. Um but yeah. he, like James and them are kind of getting their crack on. Um, at the end of the feast, uh, the wooden doors at the end of the hall open and a servant walks in with a big silver platter that has a black bull's head on it and it's paraded around in front of the boys and then it's set on the table in front of them. Now, I knew about this. I knew about yeah, this Yeah, this much. is creepy. Um, I've heard that. Um, this is kind of like in Game of Thrones during the Red Wedding when the Reigns of Casimir start playing because... The yeah. the black bull in Scottish tradition is a symbol for death. I knew that because I was researching it today. <laughs> I was like, wait, I wonder if Becca researched this because I wanted to feel useful. But of course, you're three steps if ahead. You have, you if you have anything to say about the why the black bull's head is a superstition, because I couldn't find anything on that. I could just I found a fairy tale, which I made note of because I will speak about that at some point in another episode. I couldn't find anything. I just knew that it was like that. I'm pretty sure that's not the only documented time of it being used as like a, a threat. Uh, symbol. Well, but I read that some people associated it with the fact that there was like cows being used as livestock commonly uh, in this like era when this, when it was big. So like if that was your main life source, I guess. But also in all cultures, bulls are sort of like a sign of fertility. Yeah. Well, I've seen the new the new adaption of Dune, and there's black bulls' heads everywhere. And I thought this was like, and that along with the bagpipes, I kind of thought that I that was what they were referencing. Because, oh, I, I never, I would never have thought of that. Well, they're like Look above you. They're like, above the door, but before. Oh, I was just about to spoil like one of the biggest films of the year. But girlies, I'm not going to lie, it's shit. Um, nothing. <laughs> nothing happens. No. Oh my god, I'm so glad we're finally talking about this. Something I can get into. <laughs> um, I cannot. This was literally like a three-hour-long perfume ad for Zendaya like it was insane like she's in every trailer but when I tell you she had like four spoken words in that entire film I mean it like until like the last half hour I was like wait is and then I was like oh I'm gonna have to watch another one of these films aren't I I read some I read some of Dune and 
I normally like I like high fantasy books, and obviously it's fantasy sci-fi. It's kind of like Space Game of Thrones. Um, but the amount of times that I had to go back to the glossary, I was like, nah, I can't fuck this. Like, maybe this is just a wee bit beyond my capacity because it kept breaking my immersion having to go back to the glossary all the time. Anyway, we're like in the soundtrack and the visuals. Oh, though, definitely, were insane. Definitely, like the imagery, insane. the black villain stuff. Oh, look at me getting back on topic. <laughs> um, so, like, we're in the middle of one of the like most gruesome stories in Scottish history, and we decide to talk about Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, at the end of the feast, the wooden doors open, the black bulls brought in, and um, James seeing this, like, Ken's what's about to happen because obviously he's like very well educated, even though he's a child. He's basically an adult. Yeah. Like, people in these times do get treated. Like children at these times got treated like adults. He begins to plead for their lives, but the boys were quickly dragged out of the hall and into the courtyard. There's a mock trial. There's a mock trial put on. The I think the older Douglas William begins to like plead for his wee brother's life. He's like, right, if I'm such a threat, kill me. Like, just let him live. Oh, oh no, that's. Oh. But the executioner, <laughs> under the influence of like Crichton Livingston and their uncle Douglas they they are found guilty and they're both beheaded in front of James this is this is what I was referring to in the Ghost of Sterling Castle episode like I think that this event had a really like lasting impact on James's temper because he's obviously like witnessed this kind of violence like as a child and then has like been like oh is this how you deal with issues like Oh my god, love that. Creepy Wee Podcast takes on analytical psychology. Here we go. Um, I've been I did a psychology class once. No. Um, so, <laughs> this event heavily inspired George R.R. R. Martin's Storm of Swords, which is the third book in his epic series, A Song of Ice and Fire. And what is known as the Red Wedding Massacre uh, occurs at a wedding feast, and the 17 year old Rob Stark, who is a threat to the Iron Throne, is murdered alongside his mother. The story and the portrayal on the TV series Game of Thrones shocked readers and viewers alike. And in response, George R.R. R. Martin said this Liam, read your little quote. Oh, yeah, I get something to do. I have a spoken point now. <laughs> um... No matter how much I make up, there's stuff in history that's just as bad or worse. <laughs> Such a wordsmith. Such a wordsmith. <laughs> I mean, it is. It was good. It's obviously the red wedding's much worse. The way that that plays out is pretty horrible. It was horrible seeing it on screen as well. Yeah. Like that was what a moment when that happened. There is so much in the chapter in the book. There is so much detail. Yeah, like there's a lot, lot of. Like... I feel like it wasn't this. There's a lot of different <laughs> points of view throughout the entire event. Tay. Like, it's not just like it's gone for, like, it's one person's point of view through the entire thing. It likes, like, a lot of people get get to yeah. say their piece. Obviously, like, the yeah. fact that, like, this happened in history and it was a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old boy um, killed by their own uncle in that's front of another 10-year-old. That's insane. Scottish history is so fucked. <laughs> yes. Yes, and you should say yeah, it. You've always said I have that. always said that. <laughs> That's the whole premise of this podcast. I'm like, it's so fucked. <laughs> Don't you agree that this is fucked up? 
that was super bad and we shouldn't do it again <laughs> so we're gonna take a wee break and then i'll get on to act three which is the murder at sterling castle which i went there briefly in our last episode but i think it would be better to go like through it in heavier detail so we'll take a wee break and then i'll come back and speak about that this episode of the creepy wee podcast is sponsored by pulse cbd Pulse CBD is a UK-based family-run business that offers a range of CBD-based products, from oil drops to delicious vegan jelly sweeties, as well as bath bombs and a pet range. CBD is a cannabidiol that has some incredible benefits, from inflammatory pain relief, muscle recovery, alleviating anxiety and depression, and even reducing acne. For more information, visit www pulsecbd.co.uk and don't forget to use the code newbie at the checkout for 20% off your first order oh my god so when you were going away from that break so context um becca tried to find a way to put subtitles on the podcast episode so like um everyone could engage with it like even people that like can't hear um And when we were going to wait for the break, when she was like, um, going to go air. And then I was like, I know, I know she's saying over, but no wonder the like, close captain can't pick her up. I'm like, come on, Scott, you better work. (laughs) What is it called? The transcription service that I tried to use. One thought me and Liam were the same women. (laughs) (laughs) We thought you were And then uh, two, could not hear anything I was saying. Um, like, I think it was like a bit where I was like saying, and I think I did like episode three, so it was like Scottish customs and superstitions. So I was saying Boo Vinci, and the transcription thing kept going Da Vinci, Da Vinci. <laughs> da Vinci? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, right, can we? Um, we can't do this until we make money. So we tried to be inclusive, like we really did. but We did, but. It wasn't I on the card. I genuinely didn't have enough time to like work through time and transcribe a whole podcast. So one day it will come. But if anyone else wants to do it, feel free. Um, yeah, we had we had one volunteer. We had one volunteer, but like it would require like a few people. Like I'm not just going to make one person do that. <laughs> anyway, as I discussed in the last episode, during much uh, James's early life, Archibald Douglas had gained a lot of power. Uh, being headed the King's Council and then the power of the Douglases only grew when James D- Douglas had shared power with Crichton and Livingston. So by the time that James II was an adult, he was really struggling to gain control of his kingdom. So James Douglas's son, William, eighth early Douglas, while he was in Rome, attempts to gain back power for the Douglases properly began. In 1451, the King accused the Earl, probably with a lot of justification, yeah. Uh, a forging links with John MacDonald, who was Lord of the Isles, and Alexander Lindsay, who was the fourth early Crawford. Now, this is a threat because these were yeah. two powerful men who really didn't give a shit about what James said. <laughs> and they were like free thinking men, basically. They didn't think that they were like the Stuarts thought that they were like God given, like they had a God given right to the throne, and Crawford and well, Alexander Lindsay and John MacDonald were like, nah, like, we didn't care. Like, we're smarter than you, we're richer than you, we're probably more powerful than you are. And uh, William Douglas was like, no, you're right. Um, Wait, no, so... that's kind of um, um, giving Miss Trunchbull. 
Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm big, big you're and small. you're small. Yeah. <laughs> so the bond uh, these men created a major threat to the crown and then hearing this accusation William immediately returned to Rome to meet with the king in order to settle things at court in Stirling he dined with the king and uh, had a chat with him and Douglas refused to break his bonds with Ross and Lindsay and then James breaks it into a fitty temper and stabs Douglas 26 times and throws his body out a window oh Um, that's the story from last week yeah. So, <laughs> and then his court officials, many of whom would like rise to a greater influence ere the years following this, often rise into power in former Douglas lands. Because they jumped in and like joined in in the bloodbath, allegedly one of them struck out the uh, William Douglas's brain with an axe. Um, so this landed favourably with James. So... And like it wasn't like that crazy to everybody else that he was doing this, but like in hindsight, like this is a bit unhinged. Uh, well, not a bit, like a lot. <laughs> um, so, I'll, like I I'll, like I'm very much of the mind, and I said this in the last episode and in this episode as well that I didn't think James's violent outburst would have been so bad had he not been like witness to like what Scottish court is actually like when the black dinner occurred. Yeah. Um, like he did have a like he did have a temper, but like stabbing like he went for zero to stabbing somebody twenty six times out of frustration. Like obviously it was really frustrating yeah. for James that he couldn't like run his court the way that he wanted to, and that the Douglases <laughs> were more influential than him. Like it really really pissed him off. Uh, clearly, yeah. uh, <laughs> but like Wait, I no, still like, I still spoil spoil child. Like hmm. I'm in like, charge. I... <laughs> like I don't know like I am in the mind that like this wouldn't have been like so bad had he no been at the back yeah. dinner. No, you're anyway. Right. That'll fuck you up. I say that like I know I've <laughs> <laughs> This murder didn't end the power of the Douglases, but it rather created a state of intermittent civil war between fourteen fifty two and fourteen fifty five. So mere Game of Thrones kind of stuff goes on. So there's small battles that take pre- take place in Broderick, the Isle of Arne, Renfrew and the Battle of Arkenholm. Uh, James attempted to seize Douglas lands, but his opponents always forced him back into really humiliating withdrawals. Um, in the end, he did actually return the lands to James Douglas, ninth early Douglas, uh, and a short tenuous peace um, ensued. Uh, it's actually argued that during this time, James was really close to being overthrown, but it seems mm. that he was able to ride it out. And eventually, James won the Battle of Arkenholm and was and this essentially put the Douglases to bed. And this, this Parliament of Scotland declared that Douglas lands would be forfeit and handed permanently to the Crown, which James was able to dish out to the people who supported him when he murdered um, the 8th Early Douglas. Yeah. The ninth Early Douglas fled to England in exile and James was finally able to have the freedom to rule the way that he wanted to. Oh, good for her. So wait, are we on his is, side? I'm confused. Is he the good guy? Um, is he the bad guy? I mean, history still by the winners, but like, who who are we rooting for? Um, I don't think there's ever been a monarch in Scottish history who's ever had such a tenuous time on the throne. Like, maybe so who's like ever been. No, I don't. I don't think so. I feel (laughs) no. Actually, I do. No, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him because of like the black dinner and because his dad got murdered, and he didn't like him. Like folk just took power away from him before he could even have it. But then again, I didn't really believe in monarchies. So do I I care? Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we're what's it? ambivalent? Is that when you don't care? What's impartial. That? Impartial. So James, this is part four, the death of James the Second, because he did he did not have an easy ride. Like I will say that, like even yeah, he took L after I'd, L. Like he yeah, <laughs> he sucked. <laughs> like it, it it was really bad. Like I can see why he maybe wanted to stab somebody twenty six times. It must have been really frustrating. So their sister. James was mad for military artillery. Like, if he lived the day, he would probably be one of the like weird preppy people who has like a bunker and like loads of guns and stuff. <laughs> like military rations, like maybe like that. So Yeah. Uh after using them to defeat the Black Douglases in the Battle of Arkenholm, he set his sight on reclaiming Roxburgh Castle, which was one of the last castles still under English control fully in the wars of independence. For the siege, James brought loads of cannons that he had imported from Flanders. I'm so sorry, James, but this is actually so embarrassing. So on August 30th, 1460, James was standing next to a cannon that was called the Lion when it exploded and killed him. <laughs> a, a witness said that, like, literally, like, it wasn't even, like, gone to fire it had just exploded. And a witness said that he had been struck... Um, that his thigh had been struck in two by a piece of shrapnel for the cannon and that he had fell to the ground and died very quickly. So I'm guessing that this huge mm. chunk of cannon had hit him in his femoral artery and that he bled it. <laughs> this is so shit. That's, um, so, like, that's, that's actually like horrible, but like it's kind of funny that everything in his... like it, I mean, it was hundreds of years ago, so we don't care anymore. It's not a real person. But like... Everything just sucked for him, huh? Like, that's so cartoonish, like, luck. I know. There's, like, a pretty horrible image of, like, the lion blowing up and, like, lo- like other people were injured and died as well. That's what you get for naming a cannon, the lion. But in a, in a twist of luck, the Scots actually went on to siege the castle, led by George Douglas, fourth early Angus. Different Douglases, by the way. Um, okay. These people were called right. the Red Douglases. Different Douglas, but, different Earl. Um, uh, they I'm actually fought. <laughs> they fought with James against the Black Douglases. They're like related. Um, they're a different. They're a different branch of the family. Do you know what? Um, the story is as complex as June. Actually, like I feel like I need a glossary. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm very honest. Um, so George Douglas. Uh, captures the castle and uh, James's widow uh, Mary ordered its destruction like as soon as they win it she was like tear that fucking thing down uh, <laughs> James's son would become king uh, James the third and Mary would act as regent until her end uh, three years later so sure. that's the poor unfortunate life of James the second and his struggle with the Black Douglases that is what he's known for like, that he, sucks he was, for him Honestly. He was kind of known as like an eccentric ruler. Um, he he was the first person to like um, charge violent crimes. So he like raised a lot of money that way because obviously Scotland was quite a violent country at this point, <laughs> as we've heard. At um, this point, he did a lot of travel. <laughs> he did a lot of traveling around collecting like artillery and stuff. But he's the main thing that he's kent for is um, the Black Douglases. Like they continue <laughs> to overshadow him <laughs> even in the oh. <laughs> like... we feel bad for him we're not impartial uh, or ambivalent this is this um... is really difficult because i like i want to feel bad for him 
but then like stabbing somebody 26 times just for yeah but we all have those days thinking i don't know i just i I don't care what they think people let me care what you think about this i i don't like the douglases either the red douglases sound cool like the one who captured the castle um, but the people who were like, you can Archibald Douglas is apparently like the Ned Stark of this story, so maybe we like him. But yeah, like, he's hot. Um, he never really did anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't kill anybody. His sons got killed for no good reason. Um, oh, I, wait. It's, yeah, so is it his, his sons? They're the ones. They're the ones that died in the back dinner. All right, okay. <laughs> he died of a fever, and then his son and his his son and heir got killed, and then his also, youngest son got killed that. as well. There's no whimsy to medicine anymore. Like he wouldn't get like died of fever. Like that. I is like so literally poetic. could just it's take like... an ibuprofen, and it would have been fine. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, yeah, but no dead ass. Like, oh, that's kind of cute. Like mm. died of fever. Um, now it's like had like fucking MRSA or whatever it's called. Um, you can really see how the like themes of the story and like all the infighting and like small civil wars and stuff is that is Game of Thrones. Yeah, like a hundred percent. I'm assuming at this point everyone who listens to us watches Game of Thrones because if they don't, I'm so sorry. Also, we're yeah, not like. Like, oh, we hate Game of Thrones. Like, not, the last season was so shit that yeah. I do not claim to like it anymore, but apparently it had such an impact on the last, like, ten years of my life that I'll never shut up about it, even though I'm so yes. severely bitter. Yes, like, like, I need to, like, close it off with, like, we're not losers. Like, it's where I'm I'm, I'm not a normie. I listen to Arca. I have di- I'm different. I'm not like a this. <laughs> well, that's, that's the Scottish Game of Thrones and, like, the real story behind the Red Wedding. Um, one day in the future we will day the other influence of the Red Wedding which is the Glencoe Massacre aye but on our next episode we're going to have a special guest on and we're going to have a nice fun wintery Christmassy story to tell you you're going to love it oh my god I'm I'm going to pop off in the next episode <laughs> I have such fun anecdotal stories about this no you're going to be obsessed you're gagging for it you're dying for it get off my back um, follow us on Twitter at the Creepy Wee Pod follow us on Instagram the Creepy Wee Podcast um, follow our OnlyFans creepy... No, I'm kidding. Um, also, what else do we have? Uh, we have a TikTok, the Creepy Bee Podcast. Do and we? we have a website. <laughs> yeah, we do have a TikTok. I make the TikTok. Um, and then... When? You follow it, you dick. <laughs> I literally texted you last night being like, I think I'm going to make another TikTok. <laughs> and you were like, and I probably Slay. replied, Slay. <laughs> Anyway, we also have a website called thecreepywepodcast.co.uk where you can read blog posts and see what me and Liam are really like. <laughs> uh, the podcast, not the podcast, the website really actually pops off. Like, I need more of you to go there because it's actually fun to look at. I, I enjoy a well-designed web page and it is one. Yeah. Period. Because I designed it and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Not that good. I was trying to like not say that you do all the work. <laughs> You're literally like, do we have a TikTok? <laughs> um, what could I make? Oh, I made us a Habo Hotel. Oh, we have a Habo Hotel as well at the Creepy Podcast. This um, episode's so ADHD. Like <laughs> this episode is like end, end it. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.